mainframe. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mainframe Podcast. We're your hosts, Dimat and Onwith, and thank you for tuning into the 12th episode of this season's podcast. We got some fixing news for you guys. And yes, you guessed it, the right to repair battle has gifted us with a huge win this week. Onwith, take it away. All right, guys, you're probably wondering what is right to repair? So, right to repair is basically allowing the consumers to repair their own products. For example, if you have a phone and its screen breaks, you usually take it to a third party or most primarily to Apple if you want to keep your uh, warranty um, to replace your screen. But now there's been new legislation in the EU and potentially in the US as uh, Biden sent an executive order back in July asking the Federal Trade Commission or FTC to force tech companies to let consumers repair their own devices. And with like, and with implications that they are, the U.S. is actually going to pass this law as a bill has been proposed in 2021. And in Massachusetts has already made it law. Like Apple's trying to get ahead, like companies are trying to get ahead of the game and basically try to like impose these um, uh, self-service repairs before the legislation catches up to them and they become in violation of it. So Demont, I've seen that Apple has recently um, released a memo about um, them introducing the new self-service repairs for their um, currently their iPhones and potentially and hopefully soon enough their iPads and M1 Mac devices. So, what do you think about that, Demont? Man, I think it's really interesting because you know since the beginning, Apple's always been like, if you're using our products, right? you have to come to us and get it fixed you can't repair it yourself because if you repair it yourself you're gonna mess up and then we get in trouble and get a bad reputation on our product and i think it's very interesting that they finally decided you know what we're gonna give consumers the right to repair their own phones yet although be it they still have to get their parts from apple itself like like right to repair is a crucial enterprise it issue and it always has been and by that i've been like by that i mean like i've always been impressed by how clever and evil apple can get when trying to protect its repair revenue because with this in mind we have to like realize that what's so impressive about this particular apple maneuver is how intricate it is like somehow the company has coded the screens on its new iphone 13 models to identify the original screen so when it's replaced even with another apple authorized screen purchased from apple face id still won't work and i think this is really important because at this point apple is still saying like fine you can repair your own stuff but you can't make shift or you can't buy third-party products to fix our phones with you still have to buy from us so apple's still profiting from this entire maneuver which i think is slick because right now this entire feels thing feels like a marketing pr which is sort of is but it's sort of not because consumers it's a step in the right direction with consumers being able to fix their own phones right this is a huge change in the market but the fact that apple is using this and pushing it saying self saying oh we fixed ourselves we finally we gave you back your rights everyone is happy when at the end of the day they're also really happy because they're still profiting off of it as a majority of the thing because you still need to get a license um apple product that works with your phone you can't just get it from anywhere else yeah, I think like you bring up an interesting point about that face ID basically locking with your original screen, right? So basically, if you think about it, let's let's run time back all the way back to the um, Touch ID days uh, with the, starting from the iPhone 5S, right? Back then, when you were replacing your screens, you also had to replace an individual fingerprint um, detector and the home and the home button to actually like replace the full screen, or else your Touch ID won't work. That's essentially what they're doing. They're locking down it to their only o to their OEM parts. So like. Basically, other companies don't profit it. And basically, they're regaining that market share that was already, like, that was initially left up 
for grabs back back when this right to repair wasn't a thing, right? And I also want to take a step back in terms of just like looking at this right to repair as like a holistic thing, right? Not just like um, zoomed into Apple. So if we think about it, right to repair, like it's already been a big thing for a while, right? In the past like three to four years, right to repair has been increasingly important. And even in the EU, it's been passed, right? Like you have to have like um, some repairability guidelines and like offerings from the company uh, in, order, in order for the consumers to be allowed to like, you know, like they repair themselves. And it's, it's become like legislation at, in the EU. And Apple is like seeing that catch up, like they're selling products in the EU, so they know they have to do it. And with encroaching guidelines from um, uh, from the US, they know that they have to like be ahead of the game, they be proactive about it. So I think that's like a really interesting point that you bring up. But I also want to talk about how um, right to repair influences, like not just not just like Apple, right? Like how, what about all the other companies? They have, like, if you think about all the computers and all that, like the repairability of computers has gone down considerably, right? Like the memory is being soldered down, the storage is becoming less, like a storage replacement is becoming less prominent. Like, I think that's where it really lies, right? Like Apple is a very small part of the right to repair. Cause like most people who buy an iPhone, they buy it for ease, not for like, oh, I want to repair the screen myself, right? They're probably going to take it a third party. Um, fixer. So really, it's gonna be like a, it's gonna be like a computer or something like that that people really want to like fix, because like that, those are more expensive items. Those are things that are like more easily fixable in a sense. Like, what do you think about that? Like, when the, what do you, do you think? Like, people are gonna head in the right direction in terms of uh, computer repairability and right to repair. That is true because the entire idea of right to repair, right? It was never a big deal in the past. Because in the past. You could just buy a phone or buy a laptop. There's so much empty space, right? Tech technology was not that advanced where you can go in, take out a separate part, add more RAM, fix this, fix that within your computers. But now if you want to do it, you have to go, you have to cut open, cut off soldering. You have to re-solder back the motherboard into the laptop to switch it. And that, and if we're being honest, that issue is still prevalent, right? We're still taking a step in the right direction, I guess, with computers and all Apple products in general, right? that we are now allowed to repair our own products. Well, we also have to realize when repairing our own products, it's not easy anymore. It's not easy as it used to be. Now consumers see their products, right? In the past, like consumers would go on YouTube, right? Just search up like DIY, how to fix cracked screen on iPhone, right? And all that sort of things, right? And then they'll watch the video and they'll be like, oh, I can do this. Let me go repair my screen, right? Now they can, now they're allowed again by Apple to go onto YouTube and search up, oh, how do I fix my iPhone 13 screen? But then they watch the video and now they're intimidated by it because of how complicated and how interconnected all the parts have been to where right to repair at this point, uh, me personally, I think it's sort of becoming a fluke thing, right? Because they're giving you the right to repair, but you can, it's almost like near impossible unless you're like very technical, technically advanced to be able to fix these products yourself. I think that's really interesting, right? Because like, if you think about it, like look at all these like tech reviewers. I'm like gonna name MKBHD um, for like one of them. <laughs> we have a competing podcast with Waveform. So like basically MKBHD, he he mentioned that like rights repair is a great thing. Like people, some people are gonna take advantage of it. But I think like what he fails to like take into account is that most people are not like him, right? They're not tech savvy. Personally, I like to consider myself tech savvy. And back when I had an iPhone 6, at this like remember this is from 2015, and I was repairing it back in 2018. Like basically I was trying to replace my charging port and my battery as well as my screen, all three of those components. And like back then, like, as you mentioned, like it was easier than now. Like there was no waterproofing seals. Like everything was like, wasn't packed as tightly as it is now. 
and it was it was even intimidating for me like i know i've worked on like soldering stuff together i worked on many projects and we demons we both have worked together on so many products that include like all the technical stuff like remember adaptive audio mad speaker remember us prototyping that that was yeah. crazy we worked on things as as advanced as that but like into like you know what's like it's so funny that like just replacing a charging port on your phone has become so intricate and so complicated that even like us tech savvy individuals can can't like are intimidated to do like i ended up doing it but like it was it wasn't it was not it wasn't even close to being perfect there was like delamination with the screen and like and there's no chance like like common consumers can do that like even if they like put in as much effort as they want like it's just it's not practical anymore especially with like modern day phones like for example i currently have the iphone 12 pro it has a waterproofing seal like if you break open the seal off the screen it's gone like you won't get it back you have to like buy a new seal and it's like very hard to put it back on and like with all this waterproofing and all this like all this complicated stuff and packed into a tight body it's going to be very hard to do the same type of replacements and repairing components that you previously could do with ease like it's kind of the same thing with computers right it's like let's let's run the time back all the way back to like the 2000s right like computers they used to have like replace they used to even have replaceable like cache if you remember yeah, I know. like back in the day like normally like cache is built into the cpu but before you could like hot swap you can add more cache if like your workflow like needs it but like now you can't even add ram into your computer that's like it's just so funny like how things used to be and how it is now and I, i'm not docking anyone for doing that it's for valid reasons like Right now people prioritize like sleek like slender form factors over really um practicality at this point right cuz i mean like the emphasis is coming back on to practicality as we've seen with like apple going back to the m1 um m1 pro and m1 max uh max as we talked about back in the day that's a kind of a tongue twister to be honest It yeah is. so um yeah so it's like it's just funny like how far we've come and like how we've changed our needs to adapt to what we want now Like we want repairability, but is it really practical in this day and age to even to even like have the want for it? This is like a quick side note. I noticed like while you're saying that, you're saying like back back in the day I was be able to fix my phones, but now I can't. Keep in mind like we're saying back in the day, but me and Alma with her 18 and 17 years old respectively, which really shows you like in that short lifespan time span that we've been alive using these products, right to repair that entire idea has changed so much. to the to the point where like it's like i don't i don't believe that right to repair is going to have a significant impact like everyone would love to have the right to repair right at any point no one's going to turn down an extra right right like an extra right means more freedom for me to do something right that's what americas are built on right but in terms of like whether it's actually like viable nowadays it's not viable anymore like even like the only thing like like even like look at like the things that apple is producing right with this new right to repair bill like where i'm keep going back to apple but this is because this is the biggest like step so far recently in right to repair with the regards to the right to repair they're only allowing you so far to only replace your screen your battery and another component i forget which but they're the not camera. giving you full access yeah the camera they're not giving you full access to up like change everything like you can't go in and change your internal storage or anything like that and i feel like what this is going to have an impact on the market is that now people are going to i guess maybe if they get a taste of being able to repair their own stuff like repair their own screen they're going to want to change more things and if apple's not going to provide those other things right i feel like third party accessories third party market that entire 
that entire industry of fabricating like the same parts, patented Apple products, but selling them for a cheaper price. I think that's going to become a booming industry for people that want to change their own stuff, but can't buy them from Apple due to their limits on the right to repair um, agreements. I think that's, I think that's honestly going to be a non-issue, right? So the fact is like the, like the storage on an iPhone is basically soldered to like, it's part of the SOC, right? Like it's, you can't really like replace it at this point. You know, like you have, like, to be honest, like, where do we draw the line in terms of repairability, right? At what point are you repairing so much that it becomes a totally different device, right? Like, say you want more storage, you pretty much have to replace the entire logic board of an iPhone to basically do that. And so it's become the same thing with Macs too, right? Look at the, um, look at the M1 Max. That's like, you have to basically replace the whole logic board in order to like replace even the RAM, the storage, because everything is baked onto the, the single um, SOC, right? Which basically stands for system on a chip. It includes your CPU, the cache, the RAM, storage, the PCIe lanes, every, everything is baked onto the chip. And you can't really replace it. Like you really can't even replace it without fabricating a whole new chip. And Midas like, if you replace a whole logic board, doesn't that basically mean you have a whole new, like where do we draw the line? I think Apple's done a really good job at drawing the line of where they want to keep their repairability, right? Because if they do the whole logic board, then what's going to stop people from like just, just like, just putting in new stuff like over and over again, like and yeah, basically yeah, having like, in like infinite upgrades, it's like an infinite money glitch on GTA, like it's, it's <laughs> going to be crazy. Like <laughs> money, but this is the infinite uh, diamond ore glitch in Minecraft, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like it's just. It's just not practical for them to do it, right? Like they've done a good job in drawing a line. So I don't think like this third party, like manufacturers, like, like assisting in adding storage is really gonna be an issue. Cause like I've seen in, I watched a YouTube video like not too long ago on um, a market in China, right? And they basically did exactly what you were proposing. Like giving a backdoor for like consumers to like um, add storage to their um, phones. Like, like this is not one of the new ones. It's like more like the older phones like the iPhone 6s, 7, 8, like those phones, like they basically had stacks, they had stacks of logic boards, iPhone logic boards with them. And they they sold them for like, like uh, I think like a couple of thousand yens a pop. Like that's, that's crazy, right? That's, that's like, you just see like, you just, you can just go into like uh, one of the marketplaces in China and pick up a logic board for an iPhone. I'm pretty sure Apple doesn't even have logic boards just laying down on their, like laying, laying down in their, in their warehouses and things like these guys like strip down these iPhones and like they, they take off, they, they salvage every single part that you possibly can and resell them. Like, I think it's not really an issue in the United States, but like in places in like China, where there's like, there's like so much like legislation on like restricting like uh, internet stuff. Like that's, that's where I could see like some backdoors happening. Uh, and like third parties like bringing in things. But I don't think, I think that's a non-issue in the United States and like most, most countries. We, we have to give the company credit, right? Because they, they, they saw like the legislation change that Biden's enacting, right? And they took actions to, I guess, not only help the consumer, but help the company itself, right? But we still look at like the second biggest like company that has issues with right to repair. As we all know, Tesla, right? If you want to right. get anything fixed from Tesla, right? You have to go to their dealership and get it fixed by them. Like I saw this video by um, Rich Rebuilds recently, right? Um, where he owns like this, um, he owns a shop where they fix Tesla. An individual came to them and told them that in order to fix this tiny problem, 
the Tesla stated that they had to replace the whole battery, which is a $15,000 fix, right? Rich Rebuilds, he fixed it for $200, right? And that's the, I think that's where like you see like the major benefits of right to repair when it comes to cars. Yet with, with this new like threat looming on top of these companies to, I guess, increase their leniency towards consumers being able to repair their own products, these companies haven't really taken a step in. Like Tesla's seen this go on, yet they still haven't taken any steps to give consumers more rights in order to fixing their cars. You still have to go to Tesla. And they haven't even mentioned it in any of their press releases or anything saying that, oh, we're planning on allowing consumers to get, um, to fix their own cars and such and such. Like, this is why, like, do you think like Tesla's ever going to like let you, because Tesla's entire like, operations and their entire brand is around safety right their autonomous cars being safe do you think like i i believe like the reason why tesla doesn't want to have individuals right to repair is because if some if they repair their own car and something go, wrong goes on with their autonomous driving feature it's a bad look on tesla right like regardless of like whether the individual fixed it or, or fixed it by themselves the media is still going to portray it as saying oh Tesla killed this person because their autonomous car driving didn't work, even though in reality, they didn't really like injure that individual because, you know, they repaired the car themselves. Like, do you think Tesla's ever going to go get to the point where they allow consumers to just fix their own cars? Well, I think they're going to be forced to soon enough, right? Like with the EU, like imposing their legislation, like obviously the US is like, it's on the way, right? Like before, before we know it, we're going to have legislation on right to repair. And like, and companies know that, right? They're, they, they're, they're not like gonna turn a blind eye to it. They can't, because if they do like impose the legislation, they're they're pretty much screwed in terms of legal uh, issues. And like, in terms of like, I, I think you bring up a really interesting point with um, Tesla and them like allowing, not allowing their um, consumers to repair the products because of like safety and stuff such. I think you definitely make a valid point. Like they, it totally makes sense that they don't want like, these consumers to like, uh, repair like the auto driving capabilities or like anything that like that um that has to do with like a computer like a computer on the um the tesla or the, any driving functionalities that totally makes sense but like what about the other parts you, you mentioned the battery and stuff right like for, perhaps it's like a battery sensor or something that was uh that was malfunctioning that caused a fifteen thousand upgrades on uh dollar um uh, fee that rich rebuilds uh said that it would at tesla and he did it for two hundred dollars like you that really doesn't impair any of the driving on Tesla. Those type of things, I think they can allow, like similar to Apple, right? Like they're only allowing like a couple of core, like commonly um, broken components to be repaired under the right to their self-service repair. I think Tesla also is gonna do the same thing, right? Because I watched a recent video also on YouTube by um, a creator, a content creator called uh, Snazzy Labs. So he owns a Tesla Model 3 and he, um, he crashed it a couple of, uh, years ago and he hasn't gotten around to fixing it and in one of his new videos he actually ended up fixing it and he saw a quote from tesla that was upwards of ten thousand dollars just to fix a broken bumper like it wasn't even much and they quoted ten thousand dollars because they had like some special like white paint scheme that's like a blend between like eight different colors to make the white something like that and then he was like you know what? i'm gonna take this into my own hands and then he found some third he found like some sketchy website and got the whole Tesla bumper for like $300 and <laughs> attempted to repair it himself. And the thing is, did you actually know that Tesla like offers their self-service manuals to the to like to the consumers for like 30 bucks an hour or something. I mean, he hey, just bro, took a PDF. 
he took a PDF copy of the whole thing in like 30 minutes and just paid the bro, first I would do the fee. same thing if they're charging me, bro. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't even make any sense. But they actually like sell it. And like, and the thing is, he, nothing actually matched with his car. It was a Tesla Model 3 manual and barely anything matched. And like, he mentioned something interesting. He said, Teslas are literally built in a tent. And I could definitely see where he was coming from after that, right? Like, it didn't match anything. They definitely step up their self-service like game. And like, I know I went off topic a little bit, but I definitely think that they're gonna head in the right direction. Like similar to Apple and helping um, fix commonly broken items. And you know what else he did? Like, this is just an interesting like side note, but he actually replaced his center console with the newer Model 3 console. Like he replaced the whole thing. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't even know you could buy that. Like, where is he getting that from? I thought that was just like funny, right? Like it kind of like shows like how many backdoors, like uh, like kind of like sketchy marketplaces there are in the world, and like these resources that you can use, like basically like find backdoors around like company policies, right? Like I thought that's like pretty interesting. Like the thing, the thing that Tesla argues, right? Because with regards to like Biden's like new legislation proposals for right to repair, its legislation is basically saying like companies that make an economic profit on their products must allow consumers the ability to repair their own products right and it's and he targeted specifically to consumer electronics the, the argument that um tesla makes is that they're not necessarily they're not necessarily a consumer product company they're a software company and giving individuals access to fix tesla's own um their own cars is essentially giving them access to fix their software which will pose cybersecurity issues within their um, mainframe and, I, and that's the main like argument that Tesla is making. Do you see any validity to that argument? To be honest, I, I don't understand how you could get cybersecurity flaws from simply repairing like a broken like sensor or something. Right, that's, right? that's what I was thinking. Like, like, if you, as, like I, I understand where they're coming from, right? Like say for example, you don't get an OEM part like from like a sketchy place like you found on like Alibaba or something. Like if you got it from there, I would understand the, the, like, the many security vulnerabilities that might arise. But say you're getting it from OEM, original equipment manufacturer. If you get it from them, where are the security vulnerabilities? Are you providing security vulnerabilities? Because I definitely sure am not. It's like I like I don't know what like it's completely like not valid what they're saying. Like I I understand to a certain extent, but they're like they're not stupid enough to know that like they're like they if they get like the original parts, there's no liability to them. Like it's it should be completely secure. So I, I don't really know where they're going with that statement. Like perhaps it's something that I am not like, I'm like in the shadows of, but I'm not sure. Yeah, like I'm not really sure because that, that was Tesla's main argument when they were lobbying in Massachusetts against the bill being passed. Like that's what they said. Like it's basically saying like, their Tesla's basic mindset is that the new right to repair bill foils Tesla's monopoly over its vehicle data, right? Because what the thing that's so like grand about their product is that they have so much like data from autonomous driving that individual that um allow their autonomous driving to be so well but the thing is like how are they going to make the argument that it's a security risk and that it's a risk of their data being out there when they can literally just put like locks towards their data like every apple phone carries so much data about not only the consumer but every other like user on apple right yet you don't see them making the argument that oh if consumers are fixing their our products then our, our da their data is at risk and blah 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 like it's an easy fix for tesla i feel like they're right now like they're just trying they're just looking at the like 
market for cars itself and the market for car fixing like places i i don't know why the board just blanked blank for me but um they're looking at this market as a whole and saying we have monopolized this area by giving individuals right to repair we're most likely only going to be able to keep like a 20 percent market share where we are getting, taking all the profit where instead people are just going to only buy the parts from us but not buy the service because if you like really go to tesla like other than the battery right every other part that you need to get fixed from tesla most of the cost is coming from operational costs like the cost to actually fix the part not the part itself unless it's the battery and i think they're just realizing they're doing the math and saying like i don't know if we want to afford this right like we're losing so much profit that we could be using in r d research by by just giving individuals the parts and saying fix it yourself yeah, I think like I also want to touch on a, another point, right? It's like this right to repair, it's already prevalent in the EU and it's starting to become prevalent in the US, right? Like we're focusing on these huge companies, right? Like who have like so much infrastructure to like help supplement this right to repair stuff. Like what about these smaller companies, right? Smaller consumer electronics companies. This right to repair, do you think it's going to impose the same amount of like severity that it does in these huge, like more prominent companies? Like, I feel like that's really interesting, right? Like, cause some like companies don't even have the infrastructure to do so. I I I, I, I would say um it wouldn't, right? Cause at that point, I think small companies, the way they're seeing it is like, you know what? You can fix our products. Go ahead, right? Because um at the end of the day, we're a small company. We want you to buy our products and recommend it to others, right? If something goes wrong, it's a fault on us, and then people won't buy our products. So what these individuals are gonna do is try to perfect their thing like their own products and on top of that like with regards to like smaller businesses like creating um like with this right to repair right i think they want people like to tinker and have fun with their products right because that's really the best way to create a loyal fan base where people are interacting with your product to a level to an extent further than you imagine them actually using your product i think that's why right to repair will actually like help these companies because if right to repair like a lot of these like influencers are making right to repair seem like super important right if it's as important as they're making it out to be which i don't see being that important but if they if it really is that important then these smaller companies are actually going to benefit from like right to repair because people are going to be like oh why should i go to this big company where i can't even repair my own stuff when i have the small companies allowing me so much customization so much ability to fix my own stuff yeah you see what i'm trying to get at yeah, I, I totally understand because like, I think a prime example of that is a framework computer. I think we talked about this in a previous oh, yeah, the podcast framework computer. Framework computers. Small business was invested in by an influencer. If you guys don't know who Linus Tech Tips is, my boy Linus Sebastian putting his own money uh, up front for basically a repairable computer. You could switch out the logic board easily, get a new processor, hot swap the RAM, the ports even. And like so much of the screen bezel, you could turn it from black to white if, you, if you're like crazy enough to do so. <laughs> but you could just switch out the web camera. <laughs> like that's, that's like beyond crazy, right? Like who's even gonna who's gonna switch out their bezel on their computer, right? Like that's like who's, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, like, but they offer that, and I think that's what that's what like small companies companies have advantage of. Like like big companies like Apple, they don't allow repairability because they they want to like drive they as want much to maintain their brand as possible like they already have like the brand loyalty 
with these small companies are trying to do, they're trying to build up brand loyalty so they could pull an Apple on them later in the future. Maybe not framework computers, because that's what their whole niche is, but like maybe for some of some other like smaller businesses. Like they're basically trying to get that same sort of like infrastructure uh, revenue cash flow in to um, get the same level of control that they have over their fan base, basically. I think, yeah. Like, like you know, that's another thing though, right? Like you're bringing up this idea of the framework computer, right? And I think you actually kind of got it backwards. The reason it's so being it's so successful in the market right now is because there's a lack of ability with the right to repair, right? If by if this legislation by Biden actually passes, right, and right to repair come, becomes a mandatory thing for these companies, then every every single product is going to ha- have the ability to be able to like be customized and repaired by by yourself. And do you think that's gonna affect like companies such as Framework, whose entire like presence is on the ability to repair and fix your own computer? Like me personally, I think like it, it might, it'll have a slight impact, but like companies like Apple to this point, there are things as we talked about earlier, they're so complex where you can't even fix it yourself. So I don't think it'll have an impact on there, but I do think it'll have an impact with their competitors, like smaller companies, not as big as Apple, but still bigger than small businesses, like small. Um, tech corporations. I think though that's where the competition is going to increase in this market. Well, I feel like to be honest, like frameworks niche is not really in right to repair, right? It's really it's customizability. in like it's in customizability exactly. It's like I don't think it would really affect them because right to repair is more like, more like see like you broke your screen and you want to repair it, not like oh I want a new screen I'm gonna quote unquote repair it under their. Uh, <laughs> their guidelines that's basically what like a framework is so and that's that's not what apple or any other like companies trying to do under these uh right to repair regulations so i think it's not really going to affect like the competitors per se but it might give them a competitive edge dependent on how they implement it if that makes sense yeah that, that is that that does make, make that does make sense like you know you know what i find funny is that Apple like doesn't like right to repair, right? And then their biggest competitor in terms of the tech technology industry is Microsoft. And Microsoft is actually pushing forward the right to repair proposals in order to help squash Apple's hegemony at the top of the ladder, which I think I, think I find is a funny battle because at this point, Microsoft is like sort of falling behind. It's Microsoft and Google, they're sort of falling behind Apple and sort of like the image that they portray towards like younger consumers and the fact that they're trying to take all these like even the slightest of edges with regards to like cases such as right to repair they're trying to like get this legislation passed to sabotage apple i just find that entire thing funny yeah I mean, it, it is funny like i to be honest i would do the same thing in their position right like there's like they're doing what they're doing they need to get ahead of the game like they're Currently, they're behind the curve, as you mentioned, right? Like people like don't have the same connotation as they do with Apple when they hear like, "Oh, I got an Android phone." Like <laughs> people are literally oh, you, about, to send, about to send them green text. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound like spoiled or anything. But, like people are literally gonna start bullying you if you have like an Android phone. Like, and they won't they won't even like text you just so that their green bubbles, quote unquote, right. won't pop up. <laughs> but like, this like I think that's an, inter- that's an interesting point, like that you bring up, like that Apple has such a positive connotation with their products. But in the like in the more professional community, the enterprise con- community, like the reviewer community, they don't have as much of a good rep as like other companies do, right? Like that like polarity kind of confuses me a bit, right? Like I think 
for me i kind of lie in the middle i see like i see their faults but i also see what they're good at like i think i feel like that's where it's supposed to be like some people are like so like against it that it's just like a little bit unsettling but i think you need to be in yeah i think like you kind of need to be in like that little sweet spots like know exactly what they're like or else you don't get that clear view right like we mentioned we like we like slander apple on it's like down like on its faults but we also praise them for what they're good at so like other companies can also like mirror what they're doing and know that it's working and basically like encourage more innovation competition that's really all, all like the american economy is about right competition and innovation that is a result of that competition so like i feel like that's kind of what we need to get at here when we're like in, when like other not just us like other reviewers as well like i see them as like heavily biased like with especially really like sponsors etc like their previous uh prejudices like all that like it's just a bit unsettling for me to be honest like the, the thing that i find interesting like with that, with this whole scenario that i just like brought up is that the big, a lot of the people that are pushing for right to repair are like like very niche like big tech reviewers and consumers right they're pushing for right to repair but they're not doing any active lobbying in order to get this legislation passed because right now it's just a proposal by Biden right it hasn't actually been passed but the thing is we all know the influence that big tech companies have on economic and legislative policies right the fact that the two like two out of three biggest tech giants Microsoft and Google are putting their own like mega funding in essentially acting as a super PAC, a super political action committee, right? And getting, trying to push these legislations through. And it is what I think is going to like um, spur and like kickstart like the actual like con- congressional individuals voting to pass this bill, right? Because we don't know that this bill is going to be passed, but with the pressures from the two biggest like big tech sector, like hegemonies, I do think that the pressure alone from that is enough to get the bill passed. And then we're going to see some monumental changes occur in the industry. I definitely think so as well. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode of the Mainframe Podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in for new episodes every Friday. Take care and peace. You are now leaving the Mainframe.